Coming to you from beautiful Flagstaff, Arizona, this is the Drinking Horn Meadcast. Join us as we take a deeper dive into mead and mead culture. All right, folder one, zoom 27, unicorn blood, take one. (laughs) So official. Well, good morning, afternoon, or evening, everyone. Welcome or welcome back to the Drinking Horn Meatcast. Meatcast, Meatcast, Meatcast. What do we talk about on here? Mead and bees and cool-ass Viking shit. Yeah, that's right. And if you've been here before, you know that's true. And if you haven't... Well, you'll find out soon. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, so uh, this is an episode in our series, Release the Mead. And the Kraken. And the Kraken. Release both of them at Release the same them time. All. Simultaneous craziness. Oh, we're going to have to make a mead called Kraken. Yeah, so that we can release it. Yeah, but it's going to taste nothing like that terrible brandy. There's a brandy called Kraken? Yeah, it's got like a really cool bottle. Oh, but I it bought just it tastes bad. Uh, you know, I'm not that big of a brandy person, oh, so I've got okay. a bias. Yeah, that's like untapped. Like, I hate stouts, so I'm going to give this one one star. Right. One <laughs> bottle cap. One bottle cap. Yeah, that's Stupid true. Stupid bottle caps. Yeah. Uh, Release the Meat. It's a, a series where we're going to talk about one of our latest releases. Um, and today, what are we going to look at? Unicorn blood. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. I'll be excited to see how that comes through. I, 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 I just said too. seer. Because I was combining C and here. Sear. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, a steak. Cool. Well, uh, wait, who the heck are you? Oh, I'm Evan Anderson. Hmm. Who are you? I am usually Nick Irvin. Mm, that's a good call. And we're your hosts on this Drinking Horn Meadcast. Meadcast, Meadcast, Meadcast. Cool. All right. Yeah. So Unicorn Blood is a release that we have never done before. Brand new. Brand spanking new, as the kids say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if that was a, a bad... <laughs> ah, yes. I spanked the phone on. <laughs> After this phone call, we'll be right back. It's probably spam. All right, so when last we were speaking with Evan Anderson and Nick Irvin, we were talking about spanking something. <laughs> oh, it's brand spanking new. Yes. All right. And Nick uh, was spanking a cat. Yeah. Meow. There we go. <laughs> Continuity. That's why you guys listen to us. Bad kitty. <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously. Uh, so <laughs> I'll try to keep the rain the rain rolling. We, you know what? I don't have to do anything to keep the rain rolling. It is coming down out there. It is dumping. I'm hoping we get some sweet lightning sound effects in the background. Yeah, you could do your Thor call again. I'm, I'm afraid to do things on here now. Yeah. <laughs> I call in thunderstorms. I killed Sean Connery. Oh. Be detective. <laughs> That's a throwback. That's a throwback. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we're already three minutes in and nowhere, but you know who we are now and you know what we're going to talk about. So um, I'm going to kind of give the reins a little bit to you on this one on Unicorn Blood. Yeah. That was me. That was me charging forward with the reins. Uh, so <clears throat> Unicorn Blood is actually, it's, a, it's pretty unique in a lot of ways for us. Um, for starters, giving it a name like Unicorn Blood. And if you haven't seen the label, it's like a, Celtic knotted unicorn on the front of it, and it's awesome. I absolutely love what our uh, what our artiste, our goat farmer, came up with for it. Yeah. Um, did you say goat farmer? I sure did. Oh, he's not only an artist; he's a goat. Fa- well, that yeah, makes he sense, raises, I guess. He's got like a few hundred goats. Yeah, I he's, guess a few hundred. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he's got a lot of goats. 
Wow. He just like makes amazing art. He also makes music too. He probably makes some goat cheese too. I, I think a fair amount of goat cheese. <laughs> yeah. A lot of his are just meat goats though. Oh. They mm. go on to hungry bellies. Mm, yeah. Nice. Mm. Some euros. But that's mm. lamb. Well, I'm about to ask a... St- oh, no, no, that's a sheep. Never lamb a sheep, yeah. <laughs> I was about to ask a stupid question, but I didn't. You didn't. I didn't. We're covered. Yeah. Yeah, it is uh, unique in the, in the sense that it has a... Fanciful. Um, fanciful. A mm. fanciful name. Yeah. That name is quite fanciful. We don't do it with many of them, but mm. it's uh, it does. It has a unique origin to it, too. Mm. It's a, it's another... Is it another? It's a, Yeah, it is another. It's another one of the meads that came out of our experimental series. Yeah. Um, for all of our mead hall regulars that were really enjoying us doing, like, super tiny small batch stuff, five-gallon kegs on there um, of just kind of wacky, wacky canoodle meads. As I'm going to call them. Oh. Just now. Just came up with that, so I'm calling them that. <laughs> Look forward to more canoodling. Watch out for canoodle meads. <laughs> um, but it was just like a, the, the experimental series that we were doing. Um, we've kind of ran out of tap space for it at this time. Yeah. But uh, what we were doing was just kind of allowing all the brewers to, to sort of at least make like a little five-gallon batch. Um, just commercial not regulations, but just like the way business works doesn't allow for maximum creativity, I would say. Um, and so like the experimental process allowed the brewers to kind of come up with wacky, crazy stuff like salsa meads and <laughs> you made a tiramisu. I did a tiramisu. Tiramisu. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even get a chance to drink it. Nope. Gone. Gone before I even got over there. Yeah. Well, it was, that was the fun thing about the experimental stuff was it was a great way to kind of feel out people's palates. I just pictured my hands in somebody's mouth (laughs) it was was unpleasant where is my head at today um but it was just kind of fun to see where where people's palates were at because you would have a mead like that this year mead sue that was gone in two days um and you know it's not a huge batch but five gallons is still a lot of mead um and it was gone super fast and then sometimes we have stuff that we would make like uh well the salsa that uh, didn't didn't quite tickle people's <laughs> tongues so much. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder why. Keeping with my metaphor of a hand in somebody's mouth. Ah, uh, yeah, just like lots that? of tickling going on. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so this one was by uh, Nick Perez, one of our brewers back there, and he had made it just as that simple five gallon, and people loved it. This was another one that was gone in like twenty four to forty eight hours. The whole keg was disappeared. It did, and uh, we we figured, well, if people like it so much, then we'll go ahead and turn it into a turn it into a real batch (laughs) look i'm a real batch now dad no strings ain't no strings on my mead to hold it down to lift it round there you go yeah it nailed it yeah nailed it see this is we were just talking about how we don't freestyle on here anymore this is why yeah we need need to be in the right space for it we need to be in the right space for it yeah yeah, so an experimental mead, um, but the people listening out there, if they haven't experienced the experimental mead of unicorn blood yet, uh, what, what what is it? Is it blood? No. It is, yeah, it's it's oh. one genuine unicorn is used in every bottle. Every bottle. How every do you, bottle. how in the world do you pack one unicorn in each bottle, Evan? Well, haven't you seen how big unicorns are? No. <laughs> <laughs> like on the television I have, I guess. Those are fake unicorns. Oh, I figured. So we did not put narwhal in there just to clarify that. Too. Oh yes, yeah. I think that's I think that's part of probably where unicorns came from is just the the Norse selling these crazy narwhal horns to a bunch of silly people in Europe and telling them it's uh telling them it's a unicorn. Yeah, yeah. And probably telling them it helps with fertility as most <laughs> most of those kind of things do. Yeah, real. Like grind it up and snort it or whatever. 
<laughs> that's that's it. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So real real ingredients. Real ingredients. Right. Raspberry, lemon, and honey. Nice. I mean, that right there. That's that's a home run. Yeah, it really is. Like, there's there's a reason that pretty much every commercial meadery makes a raspberry mead. It goes so nicely with honey. Um, it's there. It's a fun fruit too. It can be a little more on the tart side or a little bit more on the sweet side, depending on what kind of raspberry and where you're getting it from and the soil and all that blah de blah. Um, <laughs> pH, Ooh. rainfall. I'm putting Nick to sleep talking about it. And uh, whoa, I don't know if that noise is coming through or not, but I'm gonna switch my microphone real fast. <laughs> the unicorns are coming through the cables. There. Right, and of course, when I hit pause and we weren't recording evan does a nice little freestyle about yodeling yeah yeah (laughs) all right we're back sorry so yeah lemon raspberry uh yeah killer ingredients to go together yeah with a mead with the honey it is and i like the tart you know i like the tart aspect to it this batch of raspberry was not like super tart it was definitely on the sweeter end of things um and so that lemon just has like a nice contrast to the sweetness that's in there it makes it uh we didn't do this one quite as juicy I would say. Hmm. Um, it's not that we added the meat in or the fruit in earlier to ferment, but we actually just didn't put as much in, ah. which gives it a little a little lighter flavor to it, which is good considering that we went through the first 10 kegs in three days or something like that. Oh so my gosh, really? It was insane. Holy cow. People I knew it was going fast. But. Oh, people loved it. Yeah. The little fuzzy noise is going to drive Nick crazy. Yeah, I'm going to try this one more time. Hard telling not knowing. All right, we're back. All right, right, so yeah, that that balance of the lemon tartness and the raspberry and honey sweetness is, um, I I would say in a good way, it's unnoticeable, you know, which I think like balance should be, you know? Does that make sense? No, no, totally. I agree. Like you kind of want an equal representation of of both of them. You don't want one flavor overpowering the other, um, unless you do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, that can be purposeful, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, like our lemon ginger is uh, definitely, I mean, the tartness is there. Tartness is strong. Tartan ginger, yeah. So. But then that's balanced tart and ginger. I don't know. It's. I think balance is hard, but I do think that it like uh, that this one is definitely a great example of, of a mead that has that balance. Yeah, there almost needs to be a different word because balance means you did something like you're doing something right. But if something is way towards one side, you know, like West Coast IPAs, you know, they're super bitter. They're supposed to be. Right. So you're like, oh yeah, but it's balanced. But like, it, what? Like for the style, yeah. Like it's yeah. it is it is a tricky term. Yeah. But so much of that stuff ends up landing on like what your own personal palate is anyway. Yeah, true. We just did that mead judging the other day for mm-hmm. a homebrew. Yeah. What did we? Thirty uh, entries. Uh, I don't know. I know my table had eight. We had seven, and there yeah. was two other tables. Yeah. So, so somewhere around between yeah. thirty and forty. Yeah, it cool. was amazing. Uh, a lot of out-of-state meads that came in for that. We'll do it again next year, most likely. Uh, don't hold me to that because <laughs> things are in things are in flux. Yes, and a capacitor. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So um, the experimental mead. So this unicorn blood actually was discussed quite a bit in the brew house about like. Well, I'm thinking specifically about one addition to it besides lemon and raspberry. Oh, man, to I totally about forgot that? about that till now. Yes, I think it's a good thing to talk about. It yeah. riles me up. Oh. Get me all riled. Not in a good way. Oh. Uh, was, the, was the glitter. Yeah. And 
so a lot of people say edible glitter you should really look that up um because there is no such thing as necessarily like it, it doesn't digest in any way shape or form inside of you everything that's labeled as edible glitter it just is kind of like it's kind of like saying elmer's glue is edible and like it's more of a non-toxic than it is edible um, but we had a bottle that i put some glitter into just to kind of see how it would react over the course of six months or something like that and it doesn't uh, it doesn't change at all really it's still just this glittery bottle of traditional i've got the only one <laughs> um but i feel like our our customers are more interested in a high quality product and less interested in uh flashy yeah flashiness literal flashiness L- literal flashiness <laughs> and it all settles down to the bottom too yeah that's the other hard part yeah, yeah. but my my big not wanting to do glitter is because like all of our meads would become glitter mead if we did one glitter mead because it would get stuck in the bottling equipment it would get stuck in the kegerators it would get stuck in the everything yeah kegs yeah oh you get hit by the glitter fairy and it just spreads like something like that i don't yeah nick tried really hard there to not say herpes yeah yeah i did and you said it so good yeah we're good yeah well that's why they you ever heard the term festival herpes uh, something like that, yeah. yeah. It's usually usually people are referring to glitter. Yeah. Because it's just it's, like you have to have one person at a festival covered in glitter, and then by the end of the festival, everyone is covered in glitter. It's a good thing that no like medieval fair renaissance kind of things, no one wears glitter to those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wait. Oh, wait. yes. Uh, 62% of attendees are are pixies and fairies <laughs> yeah they start with glitter a hundred percent of the festival goers end with glitter um yeah so went through that process there was some back and forth on the glitter um i personally think it's a great idea not to introduce glitter to the production facility especially the way that it would that we produce and we produce only in bottles and not like cans so like putting it in at the last stage would be a lot harder i feel like in cans you'd be able to throw it in there right before you put the cap on and keep it pretty much isolated. Mm-hmm. But with the bottles and the tiny little, you know, tiny, tiny little holes, hole to get it in there, you yeah. have to come up with some way to like inject it deep into each bottle. Yeah. Cause if it gets around the lip of it, it's going to not seal oh, properly. And then the ceiling. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was, that was all part of the thought behind me not wanting to use glitter too, is just the, the, yeah. the efficacy of sealing would go way down. Absolutely. And packaging for us is one of the biggest nightmares, both in acquisition of like glass labels, tops, blah, 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 as well as in like, you know, trying to package everything up so that we can ship it on a bumpy UPS truck and (laughs) not have any issues with it. Yeah. So why add another layer to the cake of, of producing a a high quality product, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the glitter would take away from how amazing the meat is. It could. It could become more too much of um, kind of the story um, and distract from. Number one, the color is unreal. I'm holding up the bottle like people can see it. Look through your earphones. It's a. Um, How would you describe that? Um, Ruby, like a like a light, almost like Mm. not neon ruby, but like a an electric ruby. There's my description right there. Electric ruby. Electric ruby. That's. Yep. You can tell Nick has been mead judging. Yeah, it's one of the like important components of of doing the judging and filling out the sheets and stuff for the judging of mead is like very. What was the term used to describe it? Like like a Crayola set. Like use Whoa. use use hmm. colors off of a Crayola set if you can think of yeah, them. Yeah, so yeah. Like, you know. I wonder if electric ruby is a crayon. It should be. It will be now because you know 
they listen. Crayola see, I, listens I say, to I the say crayon far. I say crown in a weird way. Crayon. So I try to not say it. Yeah. Yeah. Crayon. I, I try not to say it. And then you just yell it. <laughs> crayon. Crayon. But yeah. yeah, but it's a delicious one. I'm looking forward to in the future some more of the experimental stuff coming out and making its way into, into full size production stuff. Um, we definitely double batched this because like I said, we went through so much of it so fast. I mean, we, we cashed through half the batch entirely, both bottles and kegs in like a week. <sighs> so it was, yeah. uh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's, it's a great, great product. Uh, people are definitely going to be demanding that we do it more. Um, we'll see how that goes. There's going to be some I'm tears gonna, when that one runs out. Yeah. I'm not going to make any any kind of questions towards you on that (laughs) about the uh, next time this will be made. But yeah, that's cool to hear about the the other experimentals that'll be, that'll be coming up. And um, yeah, when they do come out, you'll hear about it first here on the drinking horn meatcast. Meatcast, 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 meatcast. That sounded like I wanted to end it, but I think that's really about all we have for this one. It's uh, we're not talking about fishing, so yeah, you won't hear me rant for, hours i guess the last thing i want to say about unicorn blood is that i uh, brought a bottle home and um drank it on ice i don't do that with a lot of my meads really so well i'd say maybe i'm i don't know maybe half of my meads i I do put them on ice when i'm at home but this one on ice was for some reason just it was like humid like out because it had been raining but it was still warm so like it was just so good on ice Mm. just so so good on ice and this is available for shipping and bottles to go so if people out there want to um you know put it on ice at home i guess put it on ice you can put it on ice at the meat hall right yeah oh yeah yeah, absolutely you can always request that always put it on ice over there and like we're definitely desert dwellers we're pretty used to humidity and single digits yeah and like (laughs) it's been 70 plus percent humidity here for a couple weeks now. not not complaining we love the rain no we needed it it put out all the fires. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to yeah, say that put a, put a plug in for ice, you know, that's what, yeah. that's what I wanted to do. Ice, 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 baby. At a grocery store near you. <laughs> yes. Or maybe even already in your freezer. Oh, and there's some thunder. I hope I picked it up. Yeah. It's still going. I shouldn't make fun of ice either. Jeez. The, the things <laughs> that I can make fun of are yeah. just severely limited these days. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah. So cool. Well, that was a release the mead. Release the mead for unicorn blood it can be found at the mead hall for a little while longer uh on tap and bottles to go and you can also go on to drinkinghornmeadery.com and click on buy mead and have it shipped to um uh, maybe your state hopefully the state that you live in we're in we're in a bunch of them we're in 38 of them let's call out idaho isn't that one of the ones uh yeah someone requested us to yeah to ship to idaho yeah We've so actually had how a few. do you call We've out a few. Idaho? I don't know, but remember on that, <laughs> hey, the, Idaho. we had an episode recently where we were talking about Kentucky. No, 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 Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Oklahoma it was Oklahoma, yeah, yeah. and we were like, come on, Oklahoma. Oh. And it was literally yeah. the next week we got a license to be able to ship into Oklahoma. Yep, that's so totally it true. Was like, yep. So All right. Idaho, calling you out. Gotcha. You want the magic to happen. Yeah, that's, I'm just. We're not re- talking to Idaho. We're, it's we're the, manifesting the license to exactly to be created exactly i think i think thoughts are manifested into reality through podcasts everybody out there listening start to think about idaho Idaho. let's all say (laughs) thanks (laughs) 
<laughs> Thanks, Evan. Oh, oh, that was perfect timing. Yeah. I couldn't help myself. Yeah. Cool. So go grab you some unicorn blood. Uh, and uh, yeah, enjoy more episodes while drinking some kick-ass mead made by Drinking Horn. Indeed. <laughs> grab it, Breaker. Grab it fast. Grab, grab it fast. fast. Grab it fast. Grab it. Grab it. Grab it. Grab it. That guy over there is Evan Anderson. And that guy over there is Nick Gervin. And you've been listening to, listening to the Drinking Horn Meadcast. 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 Meadcast.